the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or marquardtlawfirm.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Forgive me for bringing up some old news. I do have a point to make. June 16th, 2023, President Joe Biden gave a speech at the National Safer Communities Summit held at the University of Hartford in West Hartford, Connecticut. Remember that? Remember at the end of his speech, President Biden said, God save the queen, man. That was interesting. That was kind of funny. And uh, people wondered why he said that. Uh, Joseph Tucci, staff writer for CT Insider, reported that the White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Allaire Dalton said, Biden's remark was directed at someone in the audience. And I'm still wondering about it, regardless of who it was directed at. Aren't you? Well, in this bonus segment, I'm going to do a hypothetical case study using Texas guardianship law to allege that President Biden is incapacitated and needs to have a guardian appointed. This hypothetical case study will help illustrate how difficult it is in Texas for a guardian to be appointed over somebody. Let's pretend that President Biden lives in Texas. The definition of incapacitated person under Texas Estates Code Section 1002.017 means an adult individual who, because of a physical or mental condition, is substantially unable to provide food, clothing, or shelter for himself or herself to care for the individual's own physical health or to manage the individual's own financial affairs. Competency is defined under the Advanced Directives Act, just another similar word to describe the same type of condition. It says uh, in Chapter 166 of the Texas Health and Safety Code, decisional capacity in health care is rooted in the concept of informed consent. 
Competent means possessing the ability, based on reasonable medical judgment, to understand and appreciate the nature and consequences of a treatment decision, including the significant benefits and harms of and in reasonable alternatives to a proposed treatment decision. Texas Health and Safety Code Section 166.002 sub 4 says incompetent means lacking the ability based on reasonable medical judgment to understand and appreciate the nature and consequence of a treatment decision including the significant benefits and harms of and reasonable alternatives to a proposed treatment decision. When we talk about capacity, uh, a person would have to have capacity to sign a contract. That means they have to understand what it is. And since the, the president of a nation signs bills, proposed laws into law, we would presume that they need to have the capacity to understand uh, the nature of what they're doing. So here's a definition for the capacity to contract. When the contract was made, the person appreciated the effect of what he or she was doing and understood the nature and consequences of the acts and the business he or she was transacting. Mental capacity may be evidenced by facts and would show a person's outward conduct manifesting an inward and causing condition, pre-existing external circumstances tending to produce a special mental condition, and prior or subsequent existence of a mental condition. It is a question of fact as to whether or not a person understands the nature and consequences of his act. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking all of this is coming about because President Biden is so old. No. In fact, in Texas, there's a statute that says you can't consider age alone as the only factor. Texas Estates Code Section 1101.105 says, In determining whether to appoint a guardian for an incapacitated person, the court may not use age as the sole factor unless you're asking for guardianship of a minor. So then we need to look at the proposed ward's medical issues. And uh, when you're applying for guardianship, we talk about the applicant being the person who's applying to be the guardian, and we talk about the proposed ward. That's the person who needs the guardian. In order to figure out, in order for a judge to decide whether or not a person is incapacitated, the court requires a physician's certificate of medical examination. And so I'm going to go over what this form is like. To the physician, this form is to enable the court to determine whether the individual identified above is incapacitated according to the legal definition, which we already talked about, and whether that person should have a guardian appointed. The physician fills out his or her name and phone number, fills out the uh, proposed ward's name, date of birth, current residence, age, gender. The physician indicates the date 
at which the last exam was, either at a medical facility, the proposed ward's residence, or another place. The physician will state whether the proposed ward is under continuing treatment. Sometimes it's the primary care physician that does this. A lot of other times it's not. It's a doctor you bring in for the sole purpose of examining the proposed ward to determine whether or not the proposed ward has capacity or is incapacitated. Some primary care physicians don't want to say that their patient is incapacitated because there's a perception that it's against their patient's interest to have that decided. I don't think that's the case, but just anecdotally, that's what some physicians will say. Okay, the evaluation continues on the proposed ward's physical condition. So this would be like uh, problems with mobility. The next question is about evaluation of the proposed ward's mental functioning. And this could be cognitive impairments uh, because of something they were born with, something that they incurred because of an injury to the brain, or because of another organic uh, medical problem, disease, or it could be because of uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. So under this question, there's a subset of questions regarding dementia. The physician has to answer yes or no. Would it be in the proposed ward's best interest to be placed in a secured facility for the elderly or a secured nursing facility that specializes in care and treatment of people with dementia? Next question, would it be in the proposed ward's best interest to be administered medications appropriate for the care and treatment of dementia? Next question, does the proposed ward currently have sufficient capacity to give informed consent to the administration of dementia medications? And so we went over the definition in the Health and Safety Code about informed consent. Next question, is there a possibility for improvement? Okay, then the physician continues. After what period should the proposed ward be reevaluated to determine whether a guardianship is necessary? The next question is related to cognitive deficits. Is the proposed ward oriented to the following? Does he know what his own name is? Does he know what time it is? Does he know where he is? Does he know what's happening right now? Does the proposed ward have deficits in short-term memory, long-term memory, immediate recall, understanding and communicating verbally or otherwise, recognizing familiar objects or familiar persons, solving problems, reasoning logically, grasping abstract aspects of his or her situation, interpreting idiomatic expressions or proverbs, breaking down complex tasks down into simple steps and carrying them out. Then the physician answers whether the proposed wards' periods of impairment from the deficits indicated vary substantially in frequency, vary in severity, or vary in duration. 
Then the physician will ask about ability to make reasonable decisions. Does the proposed ward have the ability to initiate and make responsible decisions concerning himself regarding the following? Making complex business, managerial, and financial decisions. Managing a personal bank account. Safely operating a motor vehicle. Voting. Making decisions regarding marriage. Determining his own residence, administering his own medication on a daily basis, attending to his own basic activities of daily living, like bathing, grooming, dressing, walking, toileting, even if it's with the support of services, attending to instrumental activities of daily living, like shopping, cooking, traveling, and cleaning. Can he consent to medical and dental treatment? Can he consent to psychological and psychiatric treatment? Does he have a developmental disability? We'll skip over that one because we'll presume that President Biden doesn't have that since he was able to work in government for all these years and decades. Then the physician is asked, given the definition of incapacity, an adult who, because of a physical or mental condition, is substantially unable to provide food, clothing, shelter for himself or to care for his own physical health or to manage his own financial affairs. Does the physician believe, based on the last exam, that the proposed ward fits that definition? So that's something the physician has to do, and that's something the court has to have, And getting somebody to the doctor's office to have an exam like this is sometimes challenging. Another thing you have to prove to the guardianship judge is whether this is an isolated incident of um, saying that uh, God saved the queen, even though it doesn't make sense because the queen passed away some time ago, whether that's... uh, an isolated incident or part of reoccurring incidents. So that's something that you have to prove in court because it, it, you have to show that this is uh, pr- problems are happening over and over again. And uh, when you have the President of the United States having his meals cooked for him and having somebody help him get dressed, we don't know what problems he has other than not being able to ride a bicycle, climb stairs, or walk across a stage. But here's uh, what the White House said in February 2023 about President Biden's health. It said that uh, he had an AFib with normal ventricular response, hyperlipidemia, gastroesophageal reflux, seasonal allergies, spinal arthritis, and mild sensory peripheral neuropathy of the feet. So then I had to dig really deep to find anything else about uh, President Biden's health since this uh, February report was made by the White House. Um, The doctor that conducted that exam said Biden underwent an extremely detailed neurological exam that uncovered no findings consistent with a brain or central neurological disorder such as stroke 
or Parkinson's disease. It would make sense to me that if this is in the news all the time, wondering people wondering whether President Biden is too old to run the country, it would make sense to me that another test would be done, more testing to help alleviate concerns of the United States citizens about his health. But I haven't seen it. Fox News did run a story April 29th, 2023, and they had a, another doctor who suggested some additional testing. So I'm glad somebody agrees with me. The article said Dr. Mark Siegel reviewed uh, that report by the White House and uh, suggested that more cognitive testing be done. And that's what I would ask for, too. Okay, Dr. Siegel is a professor of medicine at NYU Langone Medical Center. He said uh, to the New York Post, what is missing from these uh, reports from the White House is any MRI report and full cognitive testing. And I did see uh, some article mentioned that President Trump underwent cognitive testing and released the results immediately, uh, but President Biden has not done so. So when you file an application for guardianship, uh, you have to give a lot of information. And so in my hypothetical here, just to prove to you how difficult it is for a guardian to be appointed, um, I'll use um, fictitious names. So the, the proposed ward, again, is named Sleepy Joe Biden. And the applicant for to be appointed guardian is named Concerned Citizen. So the proposed ward, you have to put their date of birth in the public record in the application for guardianship, and you have to put their address and the last three digits of the proposed ward social security number and the last three digits of their driver's license number or identification. The applicant, all concerned citizen, has to do the same, except for the date of birth part. And and then you have to say uh, whether you want to be guardian of the proposed ward's person and or their estate. So the person would be medical and health care related decisions, and estate would be financial and legal decisions. You could have one without the other if, if you didn't need to, to be a full guardian over both. And so some of the powers that a guardian over the person might ask for is the power to make any and all health care decisions for the proposed ward's treatment service or procedure to maintain, diagnose, or treat the proposed ward's physical or mental condition, including inpatient mental health services, to consent, refuse to consent, or withdraw consent to the proposed ward's medical and treatment, but not the power or authority to consent to sterilization, to request an emergency psychiatric evaluation, but not voluntary inpatient mental health services, convulsive treatment, psychosurgery, 
and to apply for, arrange for, and consent to any and all psychological, psychiatric, and medical examinations, tests, or evaluations of the for the proposed ward. So you get an idea of what authority you really need in order to take care of somebody. Then, who is going to be the guardian? Well, in, in my example, it's concerned citizen. Um, the concerned citizen or the family member, whoever it is, they have to undergo a criminal background check. They have to do training uh, to be a good guardian. They have to watch videos online and uh, sign off that they did that. And they have to uh, prove that they have the experience and education to be a good guardian. And so then it got me wondering, well, what if one of uh, Sleepy Joe Biden's adult children uh, had applied to be guardian? Well, um, if if he only has one son left, well, uh, let's uh, presume that's the one that applied. Sometimes an adult child will apply for guardianship over their elderly father. In the case of guardianship of Sleepy Joe Biden, I don't think a Texas court would appoint Hunter Biden. Recent news reports suggest that he would not qualify because of his notoriously bad conduct, including tax evasion, unauthorized possession of a firearm, and foreign affairs bribery. Of course, those are just allegations, but one of the uh, reasons a judge can deny a person to be guardian is because of evidence or testimony about notoriously bad conduct. Now, the the proposed guardian can uh, rebut that testimony or refute that evidence, that would be a question for the court to decide whether it would be a good idea for that person to be a guardian. Okay, let's say that guardianship is not granted because there wasn't enough proof about uh, medical problems that would cause uh, Sleepy Joe Biden to be uh, incapacitated. Well, here's something else that people have been talking about is uh, whether the president can be removed from office because of his bad health. So I looked up what law requires a president to step down when there is bad health. Well, after uh, President John F. Kennedy was shot and killed, uh, there was an amendment made to the Constitution of the United States. The 25th Amendment, Section 4 states, Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. Well, we know from reading and listening to that section that the vice president is involved. And then it said, and a majority 
of the principal officers of the executive departments. So I had to look that up. Who are the executive departments? Here we go. It's under U.S. Code 5, U.S.C. 101. The principal officers of the executive departments are the 15 cabinet members. One, Secretary of State. Two, Secretary of the Treasury. Secretary of Defense. Attorney General. Secretary of the Interior. Secretary of Agriculture. Secretary of Commerce. Secretary of Labor. Secretary of Health and Human Services. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Secretary of Transportation, Secretary of Energy, Secretary of Education, Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Secretary of Homeland Security, plus, added by executive order, Administrator of the Small Business Administration, and Director of National Intelligence. It's my opinion that these 15 people are probably making all the decisions right now. If you disagree, email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com. And we can continue this debate. Thank you for listening to this uh, special segment of Talk Law Radio. This is your bonus episode uh, following the episode where Cheryl Mays and I talked about why is guardianship so difficult in Texas? Stay tuned for additional bonus segments and email me if you want me to talk about something you're interested in. Thanks. Talk to you later. You plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death in taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or MarquardtLawFirm.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.